0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fiker and Ryan Horvath. Time for another edition of Kurt and Long. See Sparky Fiber with you from 1250 AM. The fan. Uh, no Ryan Horvath feeling under the weather, battling some pain, battling some uh, illness uh, at the same time. So Ryan Horvath out, uh, but expect him to hopefully be back uh, for Friday's podcast. Uh, and want to get into uh, a little talk about uh, the NFL draft. because I think that's kind of where we're focused on right now. We're, we're thinking about Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, going forward. Plus, it's a mock draft Wednesday, so we'll do a mock draft live here on the air. It'll just be you and me and the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator. I want to play for you uh, a part of an interview I just did with Chad Reiter, uh the whole interview up at 1250amthefan.com am for you to go uh, and check out. Uh, and we go over his three-round mock draft that he has up. But the one thing that I uh, noticed... Uh, from his mock draft and Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. Of course, you know him from NFL Network and, of course, his Moving the Sticks podcast. Very, very well done if you've not checked out Daniel Jeremiah's uh, podcast. But both of them uh, seemingly uh, have uh, the tight end that everybody's been wanting, or at least maybe not everybody, but Ryan Horvath uh, and myself. uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, falling past Uh, the Packers pick at 15 now. And in the case of Daniel Jeremiah, he's got him going as the second tight end off the board in the first round. In the case of Chad Ryder, uh, he, like I said, didn't take Michael Mayer uh, for the Green Bay Packers at 15, instead going a different way. Uh, And this was Chad's reasoning behind all of that. Yeah, and I think teams don't think he's a quick twitch athlete like some of the other guys.
2: But I, again... For me, I'll take that guy on my team any any day of the week. Um, we've seen guys like Mark Andrews with the Ravens just become an outstanding player, and Mayer is at least as athletic or even more athletic as Andrews was coming out of Oklahoma.
1: You have him taking uh, Mr. Hamstring out of Ohio State, uh, the wide receiver, Jackson smith Enigma. Yes.
2: Uh, I think if you see, if he is healthy at the combine, look, Jameson Williams went uh, 12th last year after with an ACL, right? right. I mean, he, he couldn't even work out or anything. So, uh, Smith and Jigwa is either going to go somewhere in that middle to the late part of the first round, depending on if he can work out at the combine, how he looks, all that stuff. That guy, anybody who watched Ohio State, even when Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson were there, JSN was just as talented as those guys. And he was an explosive, he's reliable. So, if he's healthy, He really should be a mid, you know, picked in that 15 to 22 area somewhere uh, at least. So I think he could be a real bargain for them, again, if he is healthy.
1: My thing on this is, and it's not all the time, but I can just probably give you a list of guys that uh, with hamstring injuries that kind of uh, hurt their career. Fred Taylor, the running back Mm -hmm. from Jacksonville, Clay Matthews with the Packers, constantly with hamstring injuries. Uh, is there any history of this outside of the latest hamstring injury uh, for him?
2: No, no. This is a, uh, just a nagging thing that happened last year. And before that, he is as good as any receiver on that team. He beat out – I mean, uh, Jameson Williams had to leave Ohio State because Smith and Jigba got in the rotation ahead of him. So Williams transferred to Alabama. That's how good that guy is. So,
0: yeah. again,
2: now if he if he shows at the combine – Still can't go. Doctors are worried about it. I hear bad things in the medical. Then it's a different situation. But for now, I'm going to put him in here and and we'll see how things go.
1: You talked about uh, on a uh, Kurt and Long podcast that you and I did, and you can download Kurt and Long wherever you download your favorite podcasts, Uh, about the Packers possibly maybe looking to move up in this draft, and it wouldn't surprise you if they Mm -hmm. look to move up to 10 or maybe a little bit higher regardless uh, if they have Rodgers or Love or whoever the quarterback is where do you think their eyes would be set if they were to go up? Well, I think,
2: again, you're looking at receiver or tight end, and I think if, uh, let's just say Smith and Jigba is not the guy that they like the most, maybe a guy like Jordan Madison out of USC could be a guy that could play inside with uh, Christian Watson outside. I could see them very easily going up for them if they love a Dalton Kincaid at tight end or Michael Mayer if they like him more than other people do. Um, I think there's a lot of different um, options for them. And, you know, I look at 10 because the Eagles are always willing to listen to trade offers. So that 10 to 15 or moving up from 15 to 10 is really good. And also Tennessee, if they're okay at quarterback, they could be looking at tight end at that 11th spot. So that, or even receiver, if they're still a little irritated about how the whole A.J. Brown, uh, Traylon Burks thing is going so far.
1: Let's talk about Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid, uh, the other tight end, who, again, I've seen guys putting in front of Mayer. We know Mayer's comparison is Gronkowski. We've heard that a million times. Who is Kincaid's uh, comparison?
2: Well, I think there's a lot. Of, I think you could go anywhere from Evan Ingram to um, uh, Mike Kosicki To He's just one of these guys that is super athletic, not a big blocker type guy. But he was a basketball player. He took on football late in his, in his uh, high school career. Went to University of San Diego before transferring uh, to Utah. He's just really athletic uh, guy who's going to go down the seam, go down the sideline. Uh, and, you know, he's not um, – he's a little stronger than Kosicki, which is why I like him a little bit more. But, uh, you know, he's just – like ten- he's, he's a receiver in a tight end's body, more or less, but he's 240 pounds. So I'm not going to put him in the Kyle Pitts conversation, for example, but he's kind of just a little bit match below that. But I think teams in a draft where there isn't a ton of great receivers, like top 20 worth receivers, they may look at him as basically, you know, hey, this is positionless football nowadays, whether we get him, we can play him outside or inside. He's kind of a receiver in a tight end's body. so. That's why I think teams are going to look for him you know, relatively early in the
1: draft. Again, you hear the rest of that interview with Chad Ryder from NFL.com, draft analyst. All you have to do is go to 1250amthefan.com to hear the interviews I do during the week or simply download and listen for free on your Odyssey app. Do Brewers interviews, Bucks interviews, Badgers interviews, Marquette interviews, you name it. We're talking all about it in my weekly interviews that I do, uh, well, actually daily interviews during the week. Again, at 1250amthefan.com or on your Odyssey Uh, App. Uh, All right. So uh, as we now think about the Packers and going, okay. So maybe it's not going to be tight end at fifteen. Maybe tight end will slip past the Green Bay Packers. Uh, at 15. Then there's the conversation of would they finally go wide receiver uh, in the first round for the first time since Javon Walker and as you heard Chad Writers there say that maybe this is the year they move up to go take a wide receiver uh, up in the top 10, uh, a Jordan Addison uh, from USC or something like that. I guess I would be really surprised um, if they moved up to get a wide receiver. Now if they were at 15 and they stay there and one of those top wide receivers were to fall to him, then I'd say, okay, here we go. This, this, this feels right. Go ahead. take that, Make that pick if that's what you want to do. But the other thing I discovered in looking at these mock drafts is the wide receiver from TCU, Quentin Johnson, who I think Ryan Horvath and I both uh, really like a lot, who a lot of mock drafts uh, had going in the first round, all of a sudden now seemingly is falling back to the second round, Uh, of these mock drafts and and not going in the first round. So then becomes the dilemma, you know, if you're the Green Bay Packers and let's say you like a Quentin Johnson and you feel like, you know, he's going to be there late in the first round or early to mid second round. uh, And if that's the way you want to go, then maybe you do move back out of 15 and acquire more picks and continue to uh, add talent uh, to both sides of the football. Uh, And the one thing I really want to get into uh, with my mock draft, as uh, we're going to be doing that here in a few minutes, uh, is to go with one side of the ball versus the other, right? So with the draft you know that I'll do uh, coming up today, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on the offensive side of the football. Uh, and that's where we're going to focus. And you know, the other thing that I, I'm contemplating on doing with this mock draft that we're going to do is Uh, With this mock draft with pro football focus uh, is I think I'm going to uh, do something a little uh, crazy. And that is I think I'm going to attempt to trade Rodgers and Jordan Love, both of them, uh, and try and get as many picks as possible and then go and draft your quarterback of the future uh, in the first round this year. Uh, and instead of worrying about picking up Jordan Love's fifth year option and having to pay him a bunch of money uh, going forward on possible and a possible extension, like we had talked about of fifteen to twenty million dollars or whatever the case may be, instead of doing all of that, Maybe just start from a a true rebuild, which is what everybody seems to think may occur here, if that's what you're going to do, and go get a Stroud uh, from uh, Ohio State to come in here and be your quarterback. Give you a a, a different variation of what you've had in the past at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, if you like uh, CJ Stroud that much, Uh, and then be able to accumulate a ton of picks Uh, to surround C.J. Stroud with, whether that be adding wide receivers, whether that be adding tight ends, whether that be adding to the offensive line, uh, whatever the case may be. Now, that running back position was one in which I think uh, some Packer fans thought uh, might need to be addressed because of Aaron Jones' contract situation. Well, Aaron Jones essentially takes a pay cut to stay here for another year uh, and frees up, what was it, $12 million, I believe, in salary cap room, according to Ken Ingalls. Uh, and uh, allows the Packers some flexibility. Then, uh, as we talked about on Monday's podcast, you know the ability to make some extensions to some of these key veteran players, that deadline was coming up on Monday afternoon. They didn't uh, extend any of those guys. And we're talking about Mason Crosby as one of those guys, Mercedes Lewis as one of those guys, uh, Randall Cobb was another one. Uh, we were talking about Adrian Amos, Dean Lowry, these guys.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So from that perspective now, they all head into free agency and you get stuck with a dead cap number of just over $16 million. Uh, so even after the Aaron Jones restructure, you're still $4 million in the hole. Now, Aaron Jones' long-term future with the Green Bay Packers, I think that's still in doubt. I still don't know if he makes it with Green Bay past this year. So maybe running back uh, is an option for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, may I, again, I, I'm not taking a running back in the first round. I know everybody loves that kid Robinson out of Texas uh, at running back and he looks really, really good. No question. Uh, but for me, I struggle uh, making that pick in the first round if I have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon already. Now, you want to go take a running back you know, in the third or fourth round or something like that and see if you could you know, make something happen there. I think that I would be okay with. I just am not big on taking running backs Uh, I guess, in the first round overall uh, in the NFL draft. Unless, because there's always an exception to the rule, right? Uh, The exception to the rule is unless you're, say, Philadelphia. So, you know, if you're the Eagles uh, and let's say you have multiple first round picks and you love, you know, the running back out of Texas, uh, then yeah, okay. Then that makes sense because that's the one thing that they don't really have. They don't have that home run hitter. Uh, On that offense to go with their other offensive weapons. So to me, sure, that makes sense. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, as they've been rotating guys, Jerry McKinnon and all these guys, uh, and if that kid falls to you at the bottom of one, does it make sense to snag him? Even though you just drafted a running back last year, uh, does that make sense to draft him? Yeah, probably. It probably does. If you're a really good football team uh, and you are, you know, your one hole on offense is at running back and that player falls to you at the bottom of one, then fine, I get it. But if you're a team that's building and you're trying to figure this out, so for example, like uh, the Houston Texans, I'm not taking a running back in the top five of the NFL draft, if I've got a million other holes to fill, like that's one of the, that's one of the last positions I'm worried about because you can always find these veteran running backs that get cut because teams don't want to pay them all this much money. You can always go sign a veteran running back to plug a hole for a year or two going forward and that's something that you want to do so that's why i wouldn't draft him not because i don't think he's good um but because i just i don't know i'm not a big fan of it the other reason the other position i'm not a big fan of drafting the first round is safety but but again there are exceptions to the rule right so if you have an ed reed type safety that looks to be a for sure fire hall of fame type player uh then sure then you make the exception to the rule But unless that guy exists, I don't know if I'm doing that. Now, Branch, the safety out of Alabama this year, is definitely probably the first safety off of the board, more than likely. Uh, For sure, tackler. Guy does does not miss tackles. Plays well up at the line of scrimmage. Can drop back. You know, is he that for sure Pro Bowl safety? Don't know. I like him a lot. Would I be mad if the Packers took him? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, again, we've had a safety from Alabama in the past with Ha Clinton, and Dix. That didn't work out necessarily like we all wanted. We were all excited about the Ha Clinton, and Dix pick, if we remember correctly. We were all jacked up because they actually took a position that they needed and filled uh, when hot Clinton, and Dix fell to him in the draft. So we'll see what the Packers do there. Uh, but so I'm just kind of giving you a heads up of kind of where my head's at as as we do this mock draft Wednesday uh, that we like to do. Now, today was supposed to be Ryan Horvath's turn. Uh, to come in here and knock this mock draft out with me uh, with Pro Football Focus's mock draft simulator. But since Ryan Horvat is not here, uh, I'm going to give it a go uh, and see what what we can do here. Now, again, uh, for me, we're going to do this uh, with the idea of trading Aaron Rodgers and trading uh, Jordan Love in this deal. That That is going to be uh, what I'm going to try and do here and then try of course, uh, to uh, get that future quarterback. So let's first start uh, with uh, making a trade uh, for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Let's say we trade Aaron Rodgers uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Try and keep this as realistic uh, as possible, I guess you could say. Now, the one thing here is, when we start talking about um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, is from the Green Bay Packer perspective, you want to get as much as possible. So this deal may end up being with an NFC team. If the commanders come in, uh, guns ablazing, trying to give up as many picks as possible. But the Raiders one uh, makes a lot of sense because you're in a position here uh, to where you can get into the top 10 with pick 7. So then you would have pick 7 and pick 15 that would allow you the opportunity to possibly move up. So in this trade, uh, I'm going to... Do the deal, which is 738 and 70, the first three picks uh of the draft this year, and a first round pick. Actually, we'll make that a second round pick in 2024. A lot of people don't think they can get multiple ones. I think they can get multiple ones, but we'll do it a second. So 738-70 uh and a second round pick in 2024, in exchange for Uh, Aaron Rodgers so we'll offer the trade trade has been accepted now we're going to make another trade and we're going to try and trade uh, Jordan Love uh, as well here now Jordan Love you are not going to get you know a first round draft pick for uh, more than likely that's probably not going to happen so you're going to have to probably be considerate of uh, maybe doing it for a say a second round pick Uh, more than, say, a first-round pick. So I'm going to trade him to the Commanders for a second-round pick, which is pick 47 uh, in the second round. So love to the Commanders uh, for a second-round pick, uh, and they accept uh, the, the deal. So now as we look at it for the Green Bay Packers, what you have, you now have pick 7, 15, 38, 45, 47, uh, 70 and 78. So you're sitting right now with seven picks in the first three rounds uh, of the NFL draft. Now, again, we're doing this. We're going crazy, right? Trading Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love with the idea of trying to get our future quarterback that's not named uh, Jordan Love at this point. So now once we've made this trade, now we're going to get up to try and get up to the top four uh, or top five of the draft somewhere in that area to get the quarterback uh, that obviously we want at this point. So now we're going to try and make a trade uh, and get up uh, further up into the first round of the draft. Now the question is, where do you have to go? Obviously, Packer fans don't want to trade with the Chicago Bears. They don't want us to help the Bears out. So that's out of, that. that's not going to happen. Uh, the Houston Texans are in need Uh, of a quarterback as well. The Bears are probably going to try and trade out of that pick. The Texans are at two. Then the Arizona Cardinals at three. The Colts are at four. Now, if you go up to three and you make that deal, uh, are you guaranteed uh, that one of your two quarterbacks will make it to you at three? And that's the gamble because if you trade to three and you don't get Stroud to fall to you or you don't get uh, Young to fall to you, if you like uh, Bryce Young, then you are really in a pickle uh, at that point of getting that done. But we're going to we're gonna roll the dice and see what happens. So we're going to go to the Cardinals at three uh, and try and get number three from the Cardinals. Uh, and then we're going to offer up seven. We're going to offer up uh, 38 that we got from Las Vegas. We're going to offer up 47 uh, that we got from Washington, that second round pick there. Then uh, when we look forward to the next move that we're going to have to make, we'll also offer up Las Vegas' second round pick uh, in 2024. So we'll offer that trade. They accept that trade. So now we have a trade. We have pick number three uh, in the deal. So here we go. So first pick, uh, Bears keep the pick. They go Jalen Carter. Uh, Second pick goes to Young. Uh, and then we're able to have, again, uh, our pick, Will Anderson, the edge from Alabama, is there. Will Levis from Kentucky, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. We'll take C.J. Stroud from Ohio State uh, at three, uh, as now uh, away we go uh, in the draft. Will Levis ends up going four. Will Anderson falls to Seattle at five. Uh, as we come down now to pick number 15, as we get to pick 15, uh, this is interesting because the guy that's uh, Chad Ryder mentioned earlier, the wide receiver from Ohio State, uh, Jackson Smith Enigma, or however you say his last name, I always get it wrong. Uh, he is sitting there. But the other interesting thing here is Paris Johnson is there, the tackle from Ohio State. Peter Skaronsky, the tackle from Northwestern, uh still there. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC, is there. Miles Murphy, the edge from Clemson. But as I said, we're going to focus uh, mainly on going uh, from a offensive standpoint uh, in this draft, so we're going to take Paris Johnson, the big offensive tackle out of Ohio State, and put him uh, with Stroud because again, David Bakhtiari's future for the Green Bay Packers, uh, we don't, we just don't know. We don't know uh, if or what it's going to look like uh, at this point uh, for him going forward. So now we're going to try and make a trade. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna wait here, and then we're gonna try and make a trade uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, who are at 21. Uh, as we want to get another offensive player. Now, I understand the possibility and realistic possibility of the Packers making all these moves uh, is probably highly unlikely. But if if nothing else, you learn from this mock draft simulator is you can be active, you can make moves, and everybody likes to say about about you know pro sports well it's not fantasy sports Sparky. it's not fantasy sports I remember when Tim Allen would always talk about if you want a player right then you can go get whoever you want you may have to overpay in order to get done what you want to get done but you can get whoever you want and you can just go back to Ricky Williams and the New Orleans Saints and Mike Ditka Ditka decided he wanted Ricky Williams and running back out of Texas And I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get Ricky Williams into a Saints uniform. I think he's my missing piece, right? So what happens? He gives up his whole draft to go up to get Ricky Williams in a Saints uniform. Did it work out the way that Mike Ditka and Ricky Williams hoped it would work out in New Orleans? No. Does that look like one of the worst trades in NFL history? Yeah, probably. Doesn't get talked about nearly as much as the Herschel Walker deal. But clearly, it didn't work out for the Saints. It didn't work out for Ricky Williams. But... That just shows you that if you want somebody, you could definitely get it done. You may have to overpay, but you can get the player that you want if that's something you're looking forward to uh, at that moment in time. So we're going to go up to 20 here now. So we'll offer up pick 45 uh, here in the first round. We'll offer up pick 78 uh, in the third round. We'll offer up pick 171 uh, as well. Actually, let's take that back. We're going to go 45-78, and we'll offer up a second-round pick in 2024. So now you offer up—you won't have a second-round pick after you make this deal, uh, but you'll still have a third-round pick from Las Vegas at pick 70. You'll trade 78 in the third round and offer up a second-round pick uh, in 2024. So we're offering the trade to the Chargers. They accept the trade at that point. This team uh, needs a wide receiver, uh, possibly one more wide receiver if they want to do that, or they could use another tight end. Now, here's the debate, right? Uh, hamstring injury of Jackson Smith uh, from Ohio State. Do you take him to put along with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs? Do you go tight end with both tight ends still sitting there and Dalton Kincaid at Utah which a lot of people now have in front of a Michael Mayer at, wide rec- at tight end because he's more of a pass-catching tight end uh, than Michael Mayer is, or do you wait uh, on that player till later? We're going to go wide receiver. We're not going to go tight end. We're going to take the wide receiver out of Ohio State, uh, and we're going to go three Ohio State players. So we're going to take Stroud, then we're going to get... Uh, paris the offensive tackle and then we're going to get stroud his hookup similar to burrow and chase except we're going to do it in the same draft so we'll take the wide receiver from ohio state there uh, at that pick so now you've added three players in a first round all guys from ohio state now i can already hear ken ingles if he's uh listening to the Curry long podcast right now going sparky how much money you're going to have to spend now uh, in the first round, now you know, maybe this affects cap space and all this other stuff. And to that, I say, whatever. I got people to figure that out. Whatever. We'll figure that out later. I'm not nearly as worried about that uh, as I am uh, other things right at this point. So now as uh, the draft is moving along, uh, it's interesting because you look to see what happens after. Kincaid falls to 25 to the Giants. Uh, Michael Mayer falls to 31 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, again, that doesn't make any sense because Kelsey obviously uh, is at 31. So I don't know why the Chiefs would take him. But now here you come back to your pick again uh, at your choice. Uh, back at uh, pick 70, which was the pick you got from the Raiders. And here are your choices. Jalen Hyde, the wide receiver from Tennessee, I think we're good. Darnell Wright, the tight end from Tennessee, uh, I think we have already solidified the tackle position. I don't need to do that. But look at who falls to you, Darnell Washington, the big tight end from Georgia, a guy that we kind of compare uh, to Mercedes Lewis, a guy that can block, uh, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, dude, uh, and you can hopefully, you know, find some some spots and zone coverage and so forth, and be a huge mismatch on jump balls and stuff in the red zone. So we'll take Darnell Washington, uh, the tight end out of Georgia, uh, there with our other pick uh, in the third round. And again, we're only doing a three-round mock draft. But if you look at how the Green Bay Packers end up with this, my question is this. Is that a good draft for you? Do you like what... You know, I was able to pull off there. Now, again, you don't have a second round pick in 2024 anymore. That is gone. So you lose that future capital. Uh, but other than that, you're pretty much set. The rest of your draft, for the most part, is still intact, right? You still have a million seventh round picks. Still got a bunch of fifths or a couple of fifth round picks, I believe. Uh, so it, it all works out uh, for me if you're the Green Bay Packers. It, you made a lot of trades, no question. But. Uh, but I like it. I I I like how it works out. And if you look at the grades that they give you, they give you a B on C.J. Stroud at that pick. Um, I, I'm i taking C.J. Stroud. And, you know, as you all know, a lot of you fans, so I'm also a Colts fan. Uh, and I would love to see the Colts take C.J. Stroud. I like him better than Young uh, at Alabama. Uh, Paris Johnson, then the tackle at pick 15. Uh, that gets an A-. minus. Uh, Jackson Smith uh, gets of an A at pick 21-. And then Darnell Washington in the third round at pick uh, 70, you know, gets a B plus uh, from pro football focus. Now, again, this is a situation where kind of similar uh, to what happened when uh, the Washington uh, commanders back in the day drafted uh, RG3 and then followed that up with Kirk Cousins to kind of protect, uh, you know, their investment. Uh, And they did it relatively early. What was it? Third round? I think they came back with Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, they want to have the opportunity to say, okay, maybe we'll take another quarterback you know later in the draft uh, and then go out and sign a veteran quarterback uh, to come in and be that other guy uh, to C.J. Stroud. But me personally, if you're going to rebuild, if that's what you're going to do, you get a possible left tackle of the future in Paris Johnson, you get a future quarterback in C.J. Stroud, you get a stud wide receiver to go along with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs already. And you get a young, huge mismatched tight end uh, in Darnell Washington at pick 70. Now, again, why does he fall all the way to the third round spark? Well, because he's not as fast. He's a big dude, right? I mean, he's not going to be a lot, probably not going to get a lot of separation necessarily. But when you have a guy that big, mismatches in the red zone, big deal, man. I mean, that dude could catch 10 touchdowns every year just throwing jump balls to him in the end zone more than likely. He's going to be a big target. Uh, for Stroud to throw to. And I love the idea of getting the hookup uh, as well uh, with Jackson Smith and Nygma as well. I I just, I I love that idea Uh, and then putting him with Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I think this offense then becomes in a really good place going forward. Then you could start talking about the future of this Packers offense, similar to what people were doing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So, it's a lot of movement, it would be a lot of crazy work, and a lot of things having to fall right in order for this thing to play out the way you want it to play out. Uh, but at the end of the day, I love it. It's a huge gamble moving on from Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers on the same draft day or leading up to the draft. Then that's the other thing I want to touch on quick before we wrap this up. I think the Green Bay Packers... Uh, if they're going to do this with Aaron Rodgers, they need to make that trade. If he decides he doesn't want to beat with Packers, uh, if that's the case, he needs to, uh, they need to make that trade for Aaron Rodgers prior to the draft. I- I- I'm not a big fan of waiting to draft a to then make that move uh, because then you're really rolling the dice. And you're going to be able to hammer this out in a small, small window with whatever team you're going to do. Like that Rodgers deal needs to be done in my mind, well in advance of the draft. Like, I would love to see that deal get done, uh, you know, two, three weeks before the draft happens because then it allows the Packers uh, to combo picks if they want to, to try and move up further if they want to go get a quarterback. Uh, or do other things with that additional pick that you get. And maybe the scouting changes as far as guys you were looking for at 15. Now you widen that range, that scope of, okay, well, you have 15 and we have 13, or and we have seven, or whatever the other pick may be. It kind of changes the view of things. And if you wait to the last minute, I'm not as big a fan of that. So hopefully if they're going to move Rodgers. They move him early. If they plan on moving Jordan Love, uh, hopefully they they move Jordan Love uh, early as well. And I think if if that all occurs, they could be in a, a pretty good shape going into this draft. And I'll tell you one thing, this draft is going to be bonkers crazy for Packers fans if they're able to move Rodgers. Even if they keep Jordan Love, it's still going to be bonkers crazy uh, for Packer fans going forward. Because now you're start talking about building for the future uh, as much as you're talking about playing for the present at that point. All right, Curtis Long, back at it again. Coming up on Friday, Ryan Horvat, BetMGM tonight, part of the BetQL Radio. Now we're catching weeknights with Trister Crick and Nick Ashu. And myself, Steve Sparky Piper from 1250 AM, The Fan. We do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Podcast. the whole podcast normally drops by 5 p.m. Central time on those three days. And then uh, the cuts usually come either later that night or early uh, the next morning, uh, broken up from the podcast. Make sure to tune in. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and have a great rest of your day.